hello. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today, we have the Duke, uh, horror host from Tennessee. Um, Duke, tell us about yourself. Well, uh, I am the Grim Reaper, and I host Tennessee Macabre with Deke Rivers, who, who's, who's also a werewolf. Now, he was abducted by aliens, too. Very tragic story. But we, we show B-movies out of, out, of out of the crypt uh, every Saturday night. Now, are, are you on uh, YouTube, or where can, where can they see you at? Well, we're on a lot of venues. Of course, locally here in Marion County, Tennessee, we are on the River 104.9 FM, and we're on SVEC Connect Channel 4. That's in Marion County. If you are outside of Marion County and you have Roku or Kindle, you can find us at 10 o'clock Central Time on ITV Chattanooga. Just click on the river icon, and you can watch the show. Then at midnight, we're on Other Worlds TV, and you find us on Betamax TV for Roku. And then we're also on the Vortex and the Monster Channel on the Internet. Cool, cool. Yeah, um, you, a lot of these horror hosts, I grew up in, a, in, a, in uh, Ohio. We had... Mm -hmm. I thought we always had one horror host. Uh, we had Dr. Creep. Um, end up finding out because uh, the town I was in at the time, uh, uh -huh. the guy was the producer for Dr. Creep's New Shock Theater. I became friends with him. Then I got put uh -huh. on TV with, with my show. And then, um, then all of a sudden he's like, man, there's a lot of horror hosts out there. I'm like, what? And then I found out theirs. And then I, yeah. I started finding out further and further out. And I'm like, man, I was like, Whew, 12 year old Paul would have loved this. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of us. Yeah. And I have to say, I thank every one of you guys because it, it is, uh, I, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I thought it was a lost art and it's not. Mm -hmm. And you guys are bringing it back and it's so much fun yeah. across the board, all different types. So, yeah. It is a lot of fun. There's some differences between now and the old days. Of course, back in the old days, horror hosts were pretty much exclusively local. Mm -hmm. In Chattanooga, which is where our market is, we had Dr. Shock and Dingbat. Nashville had Cecil Creek. And each one was just kind of unique and local to the area. Um, we try to recapture some of that being on local radio and local TV. But now with the internet and YouTube and Vimeo and all of these Roku outlets, there is just a ton of places where you can get a show off. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it's, um, it, it is a uh, um, well, almost another golden age, I think, for horror. Yes, 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 indeed. Because it's um, you, you, a friend of mine uh, produces some horror hosts here locally, and I was like, "Man, I'm thinking uh -huh. about becoming a horror host." And he's like, "Do it!" And I was like, 
And then I started watching all these these other guys. I'm like, oh, I can never be that good. So, <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can. <laughs> I do my uh, I do a uh, uh, Saturday morning one. I I I do a, I do Saturday mornings as as basically a slightly different version of myself, and because uh, uh-huh. I had to be different. Because he's like, just just do it. And I was like, okay. Absolutely. So how long have you been uh, hosting down there in Chattanooga? Well, we started in uh, 2017. Okay. And uh, we've been on, we we decided that we were going to do three shows in October of 2017. And the last one was going to be a a Hollywood show. The last one was going to be a Halloween show. And then we'd see what happened after that. And uh, we've been on ever since. So it was well received and we're still doing it. Yeah. Did you, uh, now, were you public access first or were you uh, like YouTube first? We, we were public access first. We uh, we got on with a radio station, local radio station that's been uh, South Pittsburgh. So we're in the town of South Pittsburgh. It's been South Pittsburgh's local radio station since 1954. And I went to the owner and I said, and, and I knew he had cable access. And I said, you know, I'd love to do these old horror movies. And I... I didn't think anything about it, kind of left it at that. You know, we talked about it a little bit. He never contacted me. And then two or three months later, he said, hey, are you ever going to come down here and show some horror movies? And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. That's, uh, it's funny because I, I, I've done, done these interviews with our horror hosts and some of them, you know, like, hey, you know, we just decided to, one day we we were you know we did a haunted house we just took the character it already had and continued from that and um you know but then you're just mm-hmm. like hey i just contacted the guy and said i'm gonna do a horror host and they're gotcha now did did well there's a little bit of a backstory there uh i had I had become involved with a guy, you know, I said that our original horror host here in Chattanooga was Dr. Shaw. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that sort of reconstituted his act. And I worked with him a little bit because I've always, I grew up watching horror hosts mm-hmm. and I love horror. And uh, there's a there's a theater here in South Pittsburgh that was built in the 30s. And they, the town has revitalized it. And I, I went to this guy. I said, "Hey, let's let's host some horror movies on the big screen." And we did. And then I worked with another group for a while. Met uh, met Neil Privet, ultimately played Deke Rivers. And he and I worked with another group. Didn't quite pan out like we like we had intended. And I called him and I said, "Hey, let's just do our own thing." So it was about a two or three year process from where I started 
kind of feeling around with horror hosting until I actually started doing it. Okay. And now, now do you have you and Dick, do you, are you just the two of you? Do you have uh, a crew that helps you or do you put this all together? You guys yourselves? Well, our, our technical director is TJ and, and she does all the putting together and editing in the filming. TJ started from scratch, had never been behind the camera before or edited and took it and ran with it and has been doing it the whole time. And then of course, Neil, Neil plays several characters. He plays Deke Rivers as his main character. He also uh, plays Mortimer, the poultry geist. We have a poultry geist in our cellar. And of course, you can't see him. You can hear him. You know, uh, he's kind of cantankerous and hard to live with. But Morty voices, uh, Neil voices Morty. And then he also does uh, Crimson Demon, the Red Demon, and several other characters he's done over the years. So, uh, Senor Sin Pantalones. Uh, so, he does those. And we have. Uh, Blake Earl, who is doing uh, Kurt Roche occasionally with us. He's kind of a regular guest host, let's say. And uh, Hope Holloway, who does a mummy character. And John Holloway plays Dead John sometimes. So, you got, so you we, got have, we have a couple of people we can draw on as well. Cool. Cause it's, 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 it's fun. Cause you know, I've talked to other ones who literally do everything themselves, boom, boom, boom. And then you got other ones who have a nice, good yeah. cast of characters. And uh, I think both yeah. are fun. Cause the fact that, that, that you've been able to, yeah. you know, in, in, in relatively short time, been able to get a group of people together to be able to, to put this show together. Now that's fun. Um, yeah. It, it is fun, and and uh, you know we've got a we've got a group of people who are right now working. You know, we love old Mexican films, mm -hmm. and there's a handful of Mexican films out there uh, that have been translated into English. Mm -hmm. Most of them have not, and so we're experimenting. We're developing a script for a Santo and Blue Demon film. Yeah, that is translating the Spanish from English, and, and the script is about done. As soon as it's finished, we're going to try to dub a film. So we're actually going to dub a film into English and show it in English for the first time, if we can make it happen. That's cool. I I I, I uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for the the, the Blue Demon Santos films. The, oh, I love them. Oh, those are great. Uh, and and uh, I got a. I used to tape trade back in the day, and uh -huh. uh, I ended up with some of those the 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 Santos films. And I think like the first couple, I was like, "Yes, man!" You know, watching them and they were you know they were kind of dubbed. And then I got into yeah. the ones later, and I'm like, "Oh, this is all Spanish." I know like eight words in Spanish. <laughs> yes, yeah. So that's kind of what we're working with because there's a vast. Amount. One of the things you run into hosting horror 
you know, in the old days, TV stations would buy a package of movies called Shock Theater and Shock Theater 2. And I don't know, it was about 40 or 50 movies released from Universal and different studios, and they had the rights to show these. Well, nowadays, we can't get the rights to show those. So we're working with public domain films, and anything you can do to expand that list of films that you show uh, is good. You know, it's always good to come out hosting a film that nobody's ever hosted before. It's definitely because uh, I've talked with other ones and it's like everybody's done Night of the Living Dead. Everybody's done mm-hmm. um, it was it the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Everybody's yes. Done, yeah, yeah. The ones that, that and, and that's what I think is weird is like okay Satanic Rites of Dracula is in public domain but uh, the other what six or seven Dracula movies aren't? How did that one slide through? Have uh, <laughs> watched it? Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's actually one of my favorite flicks. <clears throat> it gets a lot of grief. I don't know how it wound up in public domain. Uh, I, you know, it amazes me that uh, it's in public domain, and then uh, the Seven Golden Vampires—the one that comes after it—that's a that is a vampire slash martial arts film. Yeah. It isn't in public domain. I think that one is because of the Shaw brothers, the the Hong Kong company that made their half of yeah. it. Because I don't think Hammer has. Yeah, maybe very well. Yeah, Shaw brothers don't let nothing go. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that one, and the Hammer executives start to hide behind furniture and stuff. You know, <laughs> I, I own it somewhere. It's, 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 I, I love it. It's actually a pretty cool flick. Yeah, I, but, Peter Cushing, man, he goes in there and he he's he's having fun with a with a martial arts kung fu vampire flick. But that's right. Yeah. But uh, oh, did we freeze here? Actually, uh, Dracula and and that uh, martial arts vampire flick are my three favorites of the Hammer Vampire series. The the, the, the first one is probably my favorite just because it was so different than everything that had come before it because that's the first time you saw the fangs, you saw the blood and everything. Yeah. I have a soft spot for that one. But yeah, I I love the Kung Fu. I love Seven Golden Vampires. That's... I do too. That's... And, and satanic right? You got dudes riding around on motorcycles with lambskin vests. I mean, how much groovier can you get? <laughs> yep. Oh man, Is, that was uh, that was getting towards the end of Hammer's uh, original run, though, with those uh, those movies. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they were fishing for material big time. I, I just love uh, Christopher Lee, wh- how they conned him into like those last couple movies is was there go, look at all the people that are going to be out of a job if yeah. you're not Dracula. And he felt bad, so he came back as Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, thank you, Chris. We'll wait another week. <laughs> I, I, I am a, uh, I am a uh, uh, 
I have a huge, huge soft spot for Christopher Lee because uh, I'm I'm a Christopher. Okay. Lee. I am a uh, I am Paul Christopher Lee. So that is my real legit name. Oh, pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, I kept telling my mom I was like I I because she's like you were almost Christopher Lee. I'm like why wasn't I? Because I. <laughs> I was like, I could have been named after the guy that was Dracula instead of just, you just came yeah. up with some names. <laughs> uh, I met this guy at a party a few years ago, and he was the spitting image of Christopher Lee. Wow. The only, the only drawback was he was not anywhere near as tall as Christopher Lee. I think Christopher Lee was like 6'6 six, six or something, really tall guy. Amazingly tall. And of course, this gentleman had a pronounced North Alabama accent, which was very different from Christopher Lee's accent. Yeah. I walked up to the guy, I said, Dude, would you be willing to act at all? And he said, no. I said, has anybody ever told you you look like Christopher Lee? And he said, no. And I said, okay, I'll leave you alone then. <laughs> Go ahead, order your Big Mac, and I'll leave. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. I, 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 here, here we get into the serious questions, the hard, hard-hitting oh. questions. All right. This is the one I ask everybody. Money's no object. What movie are you showing on your show? The Mommy. 1931. Boris Carlyle, or 1958, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Yeah, I, I, I love those movies. Those are good movies. I love both of them. I love both of them. I, I think Karloff's you know, Mummy. Huh? huh? I think Karloff's Mummy does not get the credit it deserves because that one is... Yeah. Uh, Everybody looks at him as Frankenstein, but you you need to look at him as the mummy too, because that's just need to look at him as the mummy. I feel like, you know, that was a very serious mummy movie, mm-hmm. and it it was you know, most of the rest of the Universal Mummy, all the rest of the Universal Mummy series, is very comedic, mm-hmm. but Carlos' take on the mummy is definitely it's all horror. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Of course, the same is true of the 1958 Hammer Mummy movie. There's nothing comedic about it. It's a horror movie from the word go. And I love, there's not a a Mummy movie in either series that I do not love. I love Hammer Mummy movies. I love Universal. Even like the one that's set in the bayous of Louisiana that makes no sense whatsoever. I still love it. Uh, but, uh, but it's good, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I tell you what, the one, and I cannot I cannot think of the name off the top of my head. The one where they go through and they scratch his eyes out in every frame to give him the empty eye sockets. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is, I mean, that works for what it for you know the nineteen that was like nineteen forties, and you're just like yeah yeah that was crazy good for that time. And in fact, it's my head yeah really good special effects on all those movies and really good makeup 
Of course, Jack Pierce's makeup for the Carlos mummy was impeccable. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was good on the others as well. Yeah. Although that that the mummy movies in Universal have the craziest timeline. Yes. Because I think the last one takes place in the 1990s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they cover the whole century. Yep. Oh man. Okay. This is the other one. Um, have you ever put together an episode of your show mm-hmm. only to find out that the movie you're trying to air wasn't in public domain anymore? I hope the FBI is not watching this, but yes. Yes, we have had that unpleasant event happen. Um, we, uh, we found out this particular flick. You know, we shot it. We loved it. And we aired it. And a friend, Neil went, I think, to Pensacola. And somebody looked at him and said, hey, man you know he will come after you if he finds out you're showing that. And Neil's like, well, isn't it public domain? Now, I don't know what it is or not, but he says he owns it. So that one, that was a, that was a bad experience. Uh, well, nothing happened. It, you know, it just was. I have heard that now Night of the Living Dead is copyrighted some sort of way. Yeah. <sighs> See, I'm not sure on that because I've heard up until a couple weeks ago that it was still in public domain. But yes, but you know, I think somebody finally has the distribution rights. Yeah, yeah, and like legit distribution rights, not like back in the uh, '80s and '90s. Yeah, where anybody who could record it onto a VHS tape or put in a DVD. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, well, the last time we showed it, I do a lot of promoting online. And the last time we showed it, the company that has the distribution rights started following our Instagram account. They never said anything. Hmm. I looked it up on IMDb and it said they had the distribution rights. So I don't know where that lies. Hmm. That's weird. All right. It is weird. Yeah, it's 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 funny because with um, I've talked to another host and he was telling me because there's um, MGM is bad at going. Yep, we have the rights to that. Yeah, we have the rights to that yeah. too. Yeah, and you yeah. know they don't. Yes, and they will all tell you. You know, everybody will tell you. That even if they'll say well, we own the rights, or uh, you shouldn't be showing anything unless you have paid for the rights and I tried to work a deal with some of the PBS stations in Tennessee Memphis said oh we're real interested in showing your stuff but you got to provide documentation that either you have the rights or they're in public domain or we can't do anything so you know that's kind of a drawback but it's 2022 how many people are tuning in to PBS on a Saturday night? No, I, not me. My uh, my my eleven year old does, but he tunes into PBS Kids. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would really. I'm I'm much happier with. I mean, I you know if 
if a big station out of Memphis or Chattanooga come up to me or Nashville and said, hey, we want to run Tennessee McCall, I would be very happy. But I am also ecstatic that we're on Other Worlds TV because Other Worlds TV gets a lot of viewers. And the folks that tune into Other Worlds TV are folks that are out there looking for hosted horror films. So you're getting to the people that want to see it. Same with the Vortex. You got a group of people that stream that and they get in there and chat while it's going on. And these are folks that are legitimate horror buffs, like horror hosts and movies. A lot of them are horror hosts themselves. So I like that. And then we get we get a lot of uh, a lot of local viewers and a lot of people that uh, watch us on ITV Chattanooga. That that's growing too. Yeah, it's um, well, with you know the advent of YouTube with now all these like Roku channels and like the streaming stuff on, on online. You know, you used to only have X amount that you would ever really reach outside of like we were talking about. Well, I was talking about tape trading. And so you're kind of just you know, like, okay, you've got like 15 minutes north, 15 minutes south, 15 minutes west, east. And, you know, you might get that little section if you're lucky. Uh-huh. And, and now it's worldwide. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It, my show, I, I never thought in a million years. My, my show started out essentially as a, as a glorified commercial for my, my comic book store. And um, yeah. I had a, I have people contact me and they're like, oh, hey, hi from Germany. And I'm like, you're from Germany? You're watching yeah. my show? Wow, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Very cool. Does that ever, like, do you ever, like, sit down and, like, just look at that and just, like, wow, that's really from yeah. way over there? <laughs> I've, been, I've been chatting with a guy from Glasgow, Scotland. Wow. For the past week. It is... Uh, he he's a he's a fan. Cool, I um, yeah. I I I love horror hosts and stuff, and especially, you know, yes, you have some horror hosts that aren't, you know, I guess TV friendly, but yeah. I show at my shop. I'll find you know, you know, back when the Monster Channel because the Monster Channel doesn't work on my Roku right now. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to stream it. Yeah. Um, I will go find different horror hosts that I can find on YouTube and I'll stream them on my, on my TV behind me at the shop. And, uh, you know, I'll have people come in and they're like, what is this? I'm like, oh, this, my friends is a horror host. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, I've turned so many people who had never heard. And cause my clientele is, is a lot of, um, twenties into forties. So, you yeah. know, it's you know people who hadn't got that yet um and now i'm like, they're like what what do these guys do and they're like are they in the movie i'm like no well some of them do put themselves in the movie and stuff but it's like they'll come in they'll give you yeah. little tidbits of information they'll kind of make fun of the movie you know they'll do you know little skits and stuff and they'll sit there and they'll watch it and they're like what channel is this and i'm like all right well what you need to do is find these people right here and i'll write them a note hand them to them i'm like find them on youtube you can find them on facebook and then you can go from there so you know i i, I yeah, that's cool. yeah i tend to uh basically hear people take what you want. yes yes and and that's something i've discovered too you you kind of have to 
evangelize for horror hosting and evangelize for these movies. Um, you know, a lot of folks have never watched some of these old B movies, believe it or not. You know, you talk about horror and the thing that they start talking about is uh, paranormal and not that there's anything wrong. Those are great movies. But you ask them, well, have you ever watched uh, The Monster of Pedro's Blancas? How was that? You know, so you're acquainting a younger generation a lot of times with something they've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. It's um, a couple of years back, um, I found uh, an eight millimeter projector, found some eight millimeter films. And uh, I have like, I got uh, like the little tiny, I think five minutes of Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, but I have yeah. uh, the monster walks and um, Manster. And people are like, I've never yeah. heard of these. And I'm like, well, go find it. And then I found, uh, 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 I can't remember which horror host it was. I'm like, these guys are doing this because these shows are, movies are long out of print and long out of, uh, in the public domain. Mm-hmm. I was like, go watch these. You'll love it. So, yes. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. here, here, here's one of my other big hard hitting questions. If you could have any guest on your show, who would you have? Living? Yeah, no, oh, I, I, I take that back. I always say uh, uh, time and money doesn't matter. So you can have anybody. Okay. If I could have anybody, that's still a hard call. Uh, the first name pops into my mind is, is Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Uh, just because I'd like to sit down and talk with the dude, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that same vein, I think uh, Bela Lugosi, Tor Johnson, uh, Boris Karloff, of course, you know, um, Lon Chaney. I mean, you know, those are the guys I would want to put on my show. I mean, that would just be cool. It, it's funny because I believe Ed Wood is the number one answer for horror hosts yeah. if they could have somebody on their show. Is it is if if it's not number one, it's really close. So, well, you you look at what Ed Wood did, mm-hmm. and Ed Wood took next to no money and very little in the way of traditional Hollywood you know, script writing, I mean, you name it, he was cutting corners. Mm -hmm. And he put together some movies that folks are still watching and talking about today. Oh, yeah. Brian the Monster is one of my favorite movies. Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is his, probably his most famous movie. Okay, it when you break it down and you look at Plan 9 from Outer Space in that time period, most most science fiction movies consisted of an attack from the outside, either by an alien or a giant cockroach or whatever, you know. And a team of government scientists and the military showed up to defeat the creature and save the world. Mm-hmm. 
In Plan 9 from Outer Space, Edward is the first person who looks at it and says, man, you can't trust, you can't trust the government. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a conversation in there with each other about what's been going on all over and that we've been keeping it from the public. It's the first time you ever see that in American cinema, I think. And he he's like, 20 years ahead, 30 years ahead of the X-Files. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, um, I've, I've seen Plan 9. I couldn't count how many times I've seen yeah. Plan 9 from our I've actually seen it in a theater on a big screen, and I've seen it both as the, uh, yeah. um, uh, the, uh, riff track version and just saw the movie. So, uh, yeah. it, it, well, the, the shop theater I talked about that was hosting films at the Princess Theater in South Pittsburgh, they did Plan 9 from Outer Space. That's one of the films they hosted. That's, so I've seen it in the theater. Yeah. That, 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 those, those are always fun, watching, watching some of the classic movies. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Ed Wood, I, I think, is interesting because, you know, he befriended all these people on their way out of being famous yes and yes he was like well i'll put you in a movie i'll put you in a movie yes and it worked and you know because he caught you know uh Bulagosi in his career um, um mm-hmm. he then he had his whole group of people that he just worked with from time to time to time um you know yep. or johnson yep. and uh criswell <laughs> Oh yeah, the um, little Mary Beth. Yep. Well, um, I got I got lucky years ago, and uh, I have my my signed copy of Tim Burton's Ed Wood signed by George the Animal Steel. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh and, wow. Yeah. He uh he was in um, Detroit. I think he was in Motor City Con one year, and. Uh, I happen to have, okay. I was like, hold on a second. I ran out and got in my car. I was like, I got this. And he signed it. And he was, this was so much fun. He goes, <laughs> yeah. I remember watching Tor Johnson wrestle when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Tor Johnson trying to do dialogue in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's um, one of my favorite things. The the what was it? I read that I had a friend loan me his the the book the the Ed Wood book, and uh, I could not remember the title of it yeah. me. But evidently he got the dialogue because Vampira wouldn't speak. Yes, so, yeah. Yes. I'm like, but they're two completely different characters. It's not like it, that. Tor Johnson happened to be playing the same. Yes, character. I was like. She's a, yes. one of the aliens. You're a police officer. I was like, how did you get from point A to point B? But they did. So, and uh, <laughs> that, that was a problem for Ed Wood. Yeah. He could get from point A to point B, and sometimes he'd stop at C and E. Yep. Not necessarily, he wouldn't necessarily go in order because, you know, you have A and, and B over here. You come down here, hit C, go up here, hit E. Back 
Well, well, um, yes. One, uh, was it Bride of the Monster where Tor Johnson goes through the door? And yeah. there's almost a year difference from him going from the living room to the lab is almost a year. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you're just like, wow. And he still did it. He was. Uh, yeah. And, and um, right, it worked. Yep. And as far as, as what I was reading is just he was always till up until the day he died, essentially, was still trying to get money to make movies. He was trying to talk yes. to people. And I was like, hey. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, the you know, being being a horror host, um, mm-hmm. And you're in in Tennessee. Um, who are some? Yes. Now you're. Are you connected with any other horror hosts? Have you ever done joint episodes or shows or anything with local other hosts? I have never done um, any joint shows. Now there's a guy in Nashville, uh, Count Drahoon, mm-hmm. and Count Drahoon is a little bit different. What he does, he he is a horror host. But what he does is he puts together a group of voice actors and they do like a radio show stick. So they will actually perform a radio skit on stage. And it's a pretty cool thing. I've worked with him some. I, um, I, he used my studio. I wasn't involved in actual production or acting in it. But other than that, no, I haven't worked with any other horrors. We have um, three here in Tennessee, Tennessee, including Tennessee McCall, that I know of, other than Count Drahoon. I kind of classify him as a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You have Dr. Gangrene in uh, Nashville, and uh, then you have Eulogy Mortem up in Knoxville. Yep, I've, I've talked with Eulogy Mortem. But we never, you know, I, we I don't, we don't know each other well enough to say, hey, let's do something together. And I've never even spoken with Dr. Gangreen. I, I watched part of his show last night, but I've never really spoken with him. Yeah, Eulogy, uh, I, I had a, I did an interview with her not not too long ago, and um, that that was funny. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I I love uh, yeah. talking about going and doing the. Um, the paranormal investigation out of character and people trying to figure out who the old man was. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, now, a lot of horror hosts do this. Are you connected to any of your local haunted houses in your area? Uh, no. Uh, we don't have any in... Uh, I live in a small town west of Chattanooga. And unfortunately, I did haunted houses here growing up, but unfortunately, they don't really have a haunted house here anymore. Mm. Uh, there are a couple in Chattanooga, but I'm not really connected with them. Okay. So, all right. Um, do you have a favorite episode of the show that you've done? A movie that you you that you were able to get that you were just like, yes, I, found, I got my movie. I'm, you know. There are there are a couple that come to mind. One of my favorite movies of all time, Tombs of the Blind Dead, and we hosted that. One. 
And I was just really excited about that. And then I love Bride of the Monster and I love the show we did around Bride of the Monster. I think that's a really good episode that we did. And then here fairly, well, about a year ago, we did something. I want to do this again. We pulled a series of shorts off of YouTube, got permission to use them from the creators. And uh, these shorts were all based on H.P. Lovecraft stories. And we called it an evening with H.P. Lovecraft. And so we hosted a bunch of YouTube shorts. And I like that episode a lot. Now, um, I know other hosts will do, uh, some of them have done live episodes. Uh, some of them have done, you know, when their episode drops, they'll stream it and then they'll, they'll converse with their fans and stuff like that. Do you ever do anything like that? We have done some, uh, we have done some shows live from the radio station. Um, didn't really work out the way we wanted it to. Uh, wasn't bad, just wasn't, <clears throat> you know, it's hard, it's hard, it's a different beast doing it live. Mm-hmm. Now, we have done some, we have a drive-in screen and a projector, and we have in the past done some drive-in movies and went out and uh, we, we licensed movies uh, to do at the drive-in, and you can license like a, if you if you go through Swank and you do it for a non-profit, you don't charge admission. Mm-hmm. You can license like you know, we licensed Creature of the Black Lagoon. We did uh, the nineteen fifty-eight Mummy. Uh, we did Horror of Dracula. We did several, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, we did that, but um, as far as chatting, now you can go to. Um, the Vortex usually shows a Tennessee Macabre episode every other Friday night. So uh, I think probably this Friday they'll have one. Up. I'm sorry, every other Saturday night. So I think this Saturday they'll probably show a Tennessee Macabre episode. And you can get on and chat with the folks while it's showing. And that's fun. I'll be on there Saturday night. And then the Monster Channel. Uh, their streaming channel on TV, and you're right, you can't find them on Roku, but you can go to monsterchannel.com. Mm-hmm. They have a chat that goes on while they stream the show, and I'll get in those in chat when they show my show. Cool. Um, now, do you ever hit the convention circuit and go and, uh, and do any of the... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Went to Monsterama back in, um, back in, well, it was October, I guess. Uh, last September, we did a uh, comic book and horror festival over in Columbia, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I'm planning on to go to, um, there's one coming up in Knoxville in uh, October. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now. We'll be there and we'll be doing Monsterama again. So love to do comics. It's a great way to get out and meet folks and network and you know. Yeah. Uh, that that's how I, I discovered um, before I started finding people on YouTube. Um, I went to a horror hound uh-huh. in um, Columbus, Ohio, and they had a room of yes. nothing but horror hosts. And I'm like, 
okay. And I was like, I, I spent a ton of money buying DVDs off of them so I could go home and watch them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, then shortly thereafter, I found a bunch of them on YouTube, and I'm like, all right. And I'm telling all my buddies, you got to watch these guys. Here, here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then I loaned out some DVDs that I never got back. So, <laughs> of course, it happened. Yep. Uh, last, uh, last we went to the Nashville New Moon or Nashville Full Moon Horror and Tattoo Festival. And that was a lot of fun. I actually met Joe Bob Briggs there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's one person I have never met and I want to very badly yeah. meet Joe Bob. Very nice guy, very laid back. Uh, just just what you'd expect, you know. Yeah. I, I heard he's one of them guys that's that that um is just he still doesn't understand why he's famous. He's just like ah I'm Blake went with me to that festival, and he ran into him. There was a little coffee shop, and uh, somebody walked up and said, let me pay for your coffee. And said, uh, Joe Bob looked in and said, why are you going to pay for my coffee? And the guy said, well, you're Joe Bob Briggs. And he said, yeah, but that don't mean you need to pay for my coffee, you know. And he's but very down to earth and, and very much, you know, just, just a Texas good old boy. Yep. You know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, now here, here we go. Now your character did he was your character set in stone from day one, or did he did did it morph and become what you are now? Well, of course, there's a little bit of morphing, okay. But how this started when I first got involved, I did not want to be on stage. And uh, I was with another group, and we were doing a live show in Chattanooga, all theatrical. We weren't really hosting anything. And, and somebody canceled, and they called me, and they wanted me to do the show. And I said, well, I don't even have a character. I said, oh, we want, you to, we want you to come up with a character. You don't have to, you won't have any lines. You just come up there. Well, at the time, I worked for the state of Tennessee, and I did food stamps. And uh, like any government bureaucracy, there was a whole bunch of codes, you know, and if you changed somebody's food stamps or denied their food stamps or approved it, you had to use the right code. And we just had somebody lecture us on the evils of the wrong code that morning. And the guy that sat in front of me said, dude, this person's uh, this person's income went up, and and I am changing their food stamps. Not cutting it out, but he's changing their food stamps. It's lowering their food stamps. Do you know the code for that? And I said, I sure do. It's 049. He said, Boy, you sprang that one awful quick. He said, Well, I, I know most of these codes. I've been doing this a while. He said, Okay. So I had to walk off. I walked off to my boss, and I said something. I come back and. Guy looked at me and said, Duke, I can't find that code. I said, are you sure? I said, well, that's the one that, that it is. He said, no, that code for what I need is 048. So he got in. There was this computer program you went in to look it up. And he said, I finally found that code, Duke. And I said, well, what is it? He said, 049 says someone in your aid group has died. So we have reduced your food stamp amount. 
And so he started calling me the Grim Reaper. And I thought, you know what? That's going to be my character in this show. <laughs> yeah. I like that. And then when we actually designed the Grim Reaper for Tennessee McCall, I wanted it, you know, we were very deliberate in picking Tennessee McCall. We wanted to make it very regional, very southern. And I wanted my Grim Reaper, rather than being the European Grim Reaper with the sickle, I wanted it to be more like Baron Sandy from, uh, from Voodoo and uh, uh, modeled the coat off of a Civil War era coat. So I tried to make it as as southern fried and as you know as as local and as regional as i make it cool cool uh <clears throat> now do you have any advice for people who want to become horror hosts yeah uh I think a lot of times when people want to be horror hosts, the first thing that they talk about is they talk about script. They talk about what movies they're going to show. The first thing you need to talk about is uh, cameras, filming, and editing. Because that's going to become, <coughs> it doesn't matter how good your script is, and it doesn't matter what you show, if you can't edit and you can't film, it's not going to look good. So the hardest thing, and we've been very fortunate in that we had somebody that wanted to do that, you know, but that is the first thing you got to nail down. Once you nail down the production end of it, you can do anything. Now, well, that, what advice do you have for finding their character? I think that in this particular field, you know, it's not like acting where somebody's paying you to totally be somebody else. I think you want to find something that's an extension of your personality. Okay. So you need to look at something that meshes. I think uh, Deke or Neil has done really well with being, you know, Deke the biker slash werewolf that's abducted by aliens. That really fits his character. I think my Graham Reaper fits my character. Uh, uh, Southern fried, half-drunken Southern psychopompus, you know? Yeah. I think that it's kind of that works for me. But you got to find something that works for you and that you'll be comfortable doing. I tell you one thing that I regret. Uh, if I had to do it over again, wouldn't do this much makeup. I think that's everybody's answer uh, with that one. Yeah. Everybody goes, it, looked, it looked really cool the first time I did it. <laughs> well, it, it's not that it doesn't look cool. It still looks cool, but it's it's the, um, a long go. If I knew that I was going to have to be in makeup, Every before every episode, I would have picked something a lot easier to do. Uh, that's right, that's right, man. Because you, 
you spend I spend thirty minutes to an hour getting into makeup, and I just about have to have help. I've done it on my own sometimes, <clears throat> but I just about have to have help to get it done right and make it look good. So that would be one thing I would change. And and um, your your answer is is really close to a lot of other people's answer it's always be yourself be an extension of yourself um uh, a wrestling friend of mine told me he goes if you're going to be the gimmick he goes you be yourself turned up to 11 and yes and that's and i was like and everybody's like dang that's that's a good answer good stuff that turn yourself up to 11 and uh, that's very good i like that and and that came from a wrestler (laughs) not a horror yeah uh so <laughs> i should ask you that are, uh, since you're in tennessee are, do you watch wrestling <laughs> i actually do like uh, there's a group right down the road from me in fayetteville alabama called rocket city wrestling and i actually talked with them about trying to get them on tv and I've not been able to put together the the kind of money I would need to do that. I would actually love to promote that and get it on TV because it's a good group of wrestlers. I do watch some of the uh, the big wrestling, but I like local wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. I like good local. Let me let me rephrase it. I like good local good wrestling. See, we used to have a good local wrestling. Um, within about 30 minutes and there's still a good organization about 30 minutes north of me, but they do it on a uh-huh. Saturday afternoon and I'm at work. I'm running, I, I own my own business. It's hard for me to leave. Um, right. we, we do a, a pretty good independent circuit around here. And, and it's, um, it's funny because there is a, um, a lot of horror hosts have a connection to wrestling I've discovered. And so, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And I, I just think that's what, and to be honest, th- that, that was a thing even back in the day, because when horror hosts popped yes. up, wrestling was either like the lead in show or the show after it. Cause you, <laughs> yes, uh, that would be my dream to have rocket city wrestling airing right before Tennessee McConnell. Yeah. See, uh, um, recently I had a chance to buy a wrestling ring and it was dirt cheap and uh, I looked at my wife and I told her I was like I got the money I want to buy it and she's like well I'm not telling you no but (laughs) she goes (laughs) she goes you keep yourself way too busy and I'm like well and she goes I said no I was like I'm going to put that off with somebody else I'm just going to be I'm going to own the company I I got a place I got a venue I got the ring I can, you know, I'll have somebody else book the talent and I'll have somebody else book the matches. And she goes, you say that now, but <laughs> you won't. And I'm like. Won't work that way. No. Yeah, I was like, the woman's known me. I mean, I've been with, with my wife for 30 years now. and Well, closing in <laughs> on 30 years. And uh, she knows me pretty well at this point. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yep. Because uh, I was like, well, I wouldn't be there all. And she goes, you would be there more than you probably would want to be. And I was like, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yep. So that's what I like about doing my shows because I can literally do them in my basement. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, 
It, you, do you do you do yours out? You do yours out of the studio, right? Oh, well, we use uh, let's see. My ex mother in laws studio or my ex mother in laws basement is our studio. Okay. We film in her basement, and it's a uh, it's an older house. It's a brick and stone basement, so it really works for what we're doing. Nice. Yeah. Hey, He's hey, good enough to let us use it. Yeah. Hey, my, the the fact that you've got still got that good of a, a, a deal with your with your ex mother in law that, that's a pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And um. And for a little while in the fall, we shot in um, an old high school auditorium. The high school is no longer used as a high school and uh worked a deal and they let us do some shows up there that was kind of cool yeah my my, uh, my hope is i got fingers crossed here um there's a building about three blocks away from where i live it's actually mm-hmm. two buildings away from the house i grew up in and mm-hmm. it has a garage underneath but it has this big area up on top and my goal is that i want to buy this so that I can have a warehouse and I can set up a studio in it so I can have everything just set up. I don't have to film in my house. I can go film over there. I can have everything hooked up so I can, I can start. Cause I have people from my show that want to be on the show that want to be characters, but I'm like, I don't want to have to have them come into the house. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Yep. I would love to be at a point and I've looked at this where I have a dedicated studio that is for film production also audio because i do some podcasting and uh, make some music shows as well so i would love to have some dedicated studio space where that's all we do and maybe we'll get there at some point uh, what's your uh what's your podcast that you do and your well my podcast is the reaper's digest i do that with uh, blake ray uh, we recorded an episode of that about an hour ago, as a matter of fact. Hey, and cool, we look at, um, well, tonight we talked about Amityville Horror, the book. And uh, so we try to look at horror literature. And uh, we've been on a jag for a while where we're looking at horror literature and in the movies that it, that came off of it. So the next show, we'll look at some of the Amityville Horror movies. Uh, we did a three-parter on Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and then we looked at, of course, the, the Bela Lugosi Dracula and Hammer, and, and then we looked at some of the Draculas, like Satanic Rites of Dracula that were spun off of it. So uh, we've done that. We've done a lot of, lot of horror literature. That's pretty. That's that's pretty neat. I, I like that. Um, so thank you. Uh, what what kind of music do you work on? Well, I got a couple of shows. I do. Uh, you know, me and a buddy of mine record music for a local comic book store, and uh, so we do like classic, not really classic rock. A lot of garage band, a lot of punk, uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of music you don't hear on the radio, okay? And then uh, we also, Blake and I, have a radio show called The Hellbilly Hootnanny. 
that is very similar. It's rock and roll, punk, uh, cow punk, psychobilly. And that airs on Weird Sisters Radio Network, which is a, a radio, it's an electron, it's an internet radio network, but it's out of Toronto, Canada. That, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. What's some of the band? Have you, uh, mind if you name off some of the bands you've worked with? Okay, we do a lot of the Cramps, the Misfits. Okay. Uh, we do. Um, Los Castillos, which is a Peruvian band, really cool music. Um, play a lot of um, uh, Bo Diddley. Uh, we play a lot of, uh, and this is back and forth from both shows, you know. Um, trying to think, uh, Four Barrel Funeral is a local, no, it's not local, it's a Nashville-based group, a Columbia-based group. We do some of their stuff. Blake's band is Blood Oaks. They're about to have a new album release. Of course, we play some of their stuff. Um, just all kinds of fun music. Um, One of my favorite bands is the Five, Six, Seven, Eights. Um, that is a Japanese band. Yeah. Um, it's all girl. Yeah, they're in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yes. Yeah, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Kill, Kill Bill. Yes, yes. I, I was going to say, I, I know I have the soundtrack on CD with them on there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, with uh, streaming now and, and my CDs have gotten put away, and I don't. Uh -huh. But my vinyl is easy. My vinyl, I can just go like this and reach over and grab it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and and that's an eclectic group of, of music right there. And it's um it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I I thought I was bad. I am I am I... <laughs> <laughs> so somebody asked what was the question? Was it what's the soundtrack to your life sound like? I was like, wow. Um yeah. some wild stuff there, baby. I was like. It would be everything from synthwave to outlaw country to Frank Sinatra to death yeah. metal to. <laughs> I was gonna say we do a lot of we do a lot of we do like Johnny Cash, Johnny Horton, uh, Merle Haggard. You know, do a lot of that too. Yeah, see, I I, I grew up on that. I'm trying to get my dad to listen to uh, Sturgill Simpson. And oh wow, yeah, and I'm like, listen to this guy. I was like, I think you'll like him. And, yeah. Uh, I got him hooked on a band um, called the Steel Woods. Yes. You ever heard of them? Um, heard of them, yeah. Yeah. I got lucky. They opened up for Clutch at a concert. And oh. I'm like, wow, this band's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was there for Clutch and ended up liking the, one of the opening bands, too. So, yeah. So, oh. I tell you a story. I'll get. It's 83, 84. We were going to a concert in Chattanooga, and we were going because Bon Jovi was playing. Mm -hmm. And Bon Jovi had just charted. I believe the song was Runaway. Mm -hmm. It was their first first time they charted. And uh, we sat there and listened as that thing climbed the charts because they were opening for Ted Nugent. Yeah. 
And my buddy looked at me and said, you know, if this hits number one, they'll back out at concert. And I said, yeah, I know. Well, sure enough, it hit number one. And the next day, they announced they were backing out of the concert. And he said, do you want to drive my way to Chattanooga to listen to Ted Nugent? I said, well, you know, I've heard of him. I, I know he was big. I said, uh, I, I mean, we got the tickets. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to just sit here in South Pittsburgh on Saturday night. So let's go listen to the man. So we loaded up and up there and the opening act, they, they Bon Jovi pulled so close to the night that they couldn't find an opening act. So they had the, the record promoter and they dressed him up like Elton John and trotted him out there to try to sing some stuff. And it was just horrible. And I'm sitting there looking at Brock going, Oh my gosh, this is horrible, man. He said, yeah, I know. I said, I think we might've been better off sitting in South Pittsburgh. And then Nugent come out. And that's the best concert I have ever heard in my life. A lot of people don't like Ted Nugent because of his politics and whatever. I can understand that, but I can tell you what, one thing's for certain, that man can play a guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's definitely one that uh, people are, are polarized on. But, yeah, he was huge man, yeah. at one point. I mean, you could yeah. not listen to 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 uh, the rock station without you know uh, um, you know cat scratch fever or under uh, yeah yeah Stringer. yeah oh man we see I I haven't had anything like that um, we we've went I've I've seen bands that uh, mm-hmm. opened for what was then a big band and then they they become a big band later um, I saw Pantera open for Skid Row. Uh, yes that was my prom i bailed on my own oh, prom wow. to go see pantera and skid row <laughs> and my wife still got yeah. it because my wife's a couple years younger than i am so i had actually been out of school i was i was out of school when she graduated and her prom we went and seen slayer so <laughs> oh wow and, and everybody's like so because she was talking to me telling me about the girl she works with talking about going to prom because it's prom season and she goes well my prom was slayer yeah. so i just didn't uh, wow yeah last weekend i was uh i was at a uh this time last week i was watching clutch in mm-hmm. columbus ohio so <laughs> cool yeah it's nice to be able to get to concerts finally again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, like I said, I, I don't want to take up much many more of your time here, sir. Um, I think I would like to mention, yeah, before we are looking at starting um, kind of a horror magazine, so that's in the works. Uh, please uh, keep in touch. Yeah, I don't know if we can do it or not, uh, but let, I'll let you know if we do. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I would like to, um, my goal is that relatively soon, uh, maybe mm-hmm. um, midsummer sometime, um, I got stuff going on from now till June, so I don't want to try to plot mm-hmm. it in there. So maybe July-ish, I would like to do a horror host episode where I get like maybe four yeah. different hosts, like you, maybe uh, Sally the Zombie oh, Cheerleader, um, get uh-huh. uh, you know, 
and just do a, a big one like that so we can do um in like a round table i guess but did you yeah. yeah that's something I'm, yeah, that sounds cool yeah it's it's, it's a it's a in the works working thing because uh i mm-hmm. like like i said before i don't know how to turn things off i have to go <laughs> i i i don't know <laughs> I, I get up at um everybody's funny well you don't get up till nine o'clock in the morning i was like but i don't go to bed till two three o'clock in the morning so <laughs> and i work doing this i got my shop i do uh this show two other shows um got my kid <laughs> got my older kids yep. take care of the house so i'm a busy guy but um uh, any upcoming? Well, you, you went through your list of conventions. I'm trying to think of the other questions I need to ask. Um, uh, uh, this week's ep or not? Do you have next week's episodes? Because this won't air until next Monday. No, I don't have those selected okay. yet. Okay. Uh, but what folks can do, you can uh, you can TennesseeMacab.com is our website, and it'll give you links to all of our social media. But you can find us on Facebook on Instagram and on Twitter. And I will go out and I will post what we're going to air on Saturday morning. So, and where we're airing it and what time. So you can always find us. And then of course, Vortex, Monster Channel, a little bit different, but I'll post those as they come available. And I try to post a few things from time to time with horror facts and some pictures and stuff like that. So uh, please follow us on social media. Um, this has been fun. I, 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 I have had a thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on and thank you for um, dealing with my dog, my wife's dog being in the butt. That's okay. That's a dog's life, baby. Yep. Well, you have a good night, sir, and take care. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, give you a buzz um, sometime this week. I'll, I'll, cause I'm probably going to start editing this probably thursday um and okay fun stuff and give you a heads up when the show drops and all that fun stuff so yep well thank you very much and you have a good night and uh i will see you you too (laughs) okay thank you sir bye-bye Love to thank the Grim Reaper from Tennessee Macabre. Uh, you can find them on Vortex Monster Channel uh, on uh, TennesseeMacabre.com. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that other fun stuff. And as always, Group Therapy is brought to you by Are You Game, the best comic book collectible, uh, magic, DVD, comic book, uh, video game, toy store. Located at 124 North Sunset Drive, Pickle, Ohio, 45356. Uh, big shout out to everybody who's watching. Um, I, if you want me to put to shout out your name, let me know, and I will shout your name out at the end of the episode. So, uh, as always, take care, and I will see you every Monday at 12 noon for the new Grub Therapy TV podcast, every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Sci-Fi Fridays. 
every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for Saturday morning serials. Uh, until then, I am Paul, and I will see you all later. Take care. Bye.